And it is now time to talk a bit of UFC because Paddy Baines from Squared Up MMA is in studio with us ahead of UFC 295. UFC 295 takes place from the famed Madison Square Garden Arena in New York on Sunday. And while the fight card lost a major marquee matchup, as always, President Dana White hasn't let the fans down. So, in to discuss. Squared Up MMA host Paddy Baines is with us. Uh, Paddy, thank you, first of all, for coming in and joining us. Real pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's, um, I'm real stuck. Fizzing, even. Well, You're welcome. I, I can tell, even in the short amount of time that we've had to talk, that you are so incredibly passionate about the sport, uh, which I think is just... Always phenomenal to have. Uh, brings a certain lift to things. So can you give us the rundown, first of all, on the changes to the card for UFC 295 after that John Jones injury? So they replaced the um, title fight, which was would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, John Jones, defending, who's arguably the greatest of all time, um, fighting the greatest heavyweight of all time in the UFC. Um, I feel like um, Fedor is probably the greatest heavyweight of all time, but he was in the UFC. Um so they've replaced it with um, Tom Aspinall versus Sergei Pavlovich, which are the two, I guess you describe them as the new era heavyweights. They're both very well-rounded. Um, they're both young and uh, comparatively. Um, Stipe, I believe, is 41. John's mm-hmm. 36. Um, these are 31 and 30. Uh, so they're, it's a very exciting fight. They've both been avoided by a lot of people coming up, especially Sergei. Um, both of them have only left the first round once. Uh, one of them's got average time, average cage time of two hundred or two minutes fourteen. The other one, they got, anyway, they've got the first and third shortest average time. So it's going to be a very exciting fight. And the light heavyweight interim title is now on the line. So what are you looking forward to most about that fight? Um, it's going to be balls to the wall from the beginning. They both come out swinging. <laughs> it's not going to last long. Um, hopefully not. I said that about uh, last week's fight. Um, and I was wrong, but this one, uh, fingers crossed. Like the card is the last three fights are lined up to be spectacular. So how do you see it playing out? Is what the question becomes. Brad said it's not going to be long. Is that your feeling as well? I yeah, I think it's going to be a first round finish. Um, my my heart wants Tom to win. Yes. Um, but my my brain says always go for the Russian. If you're a betting person, go for, go for the Russian or the Dagestani, and your your odds are good. Brad, mm. do you well, feel similarly? Yeah, look, uh, uh, my heart says Tom Aspinall seems like an absolute champion human. Uh, press conference this morning, he was wearing a beautiful t-shirt. I don't know if you watched the presser, Patty, but uh, his shirt was outstanding. Very um, relatable guy and also very respectful. Both of them, even though Sergey was speaking for a, a translator, they were both very respectful of each other and very appreciative of the opportunity to win this interim title um, and get big fights down the line. So look, I I, uh, I think Sergey's probably got um, a better chance early doors. I think if Tom can get it out of the first round, he will win the fight. If he can't, uh, I see Sergey winning early. But both, it's heavyweight, heavyweight MMA. Cam, flash of flash of the fingers, it can it can be all over in, in an absolute instant. Well, and it's also one of those things that's very much associated with a bit of a bit of show ponying going around. You mentioned the shirt there, and I actually wonder, Patty. I mean, you know, you've you've been out there, you've interviewed a lot of these athletes, you talk to them. It, when it comes to that, are they uh, are they as showy as what they seem and what they come across as? Um, it's in, it's an interesting mm. question because I'm going to use Sean Strickland as an example. Mm. Um, he gets clipped a lot, and everyone is just like, "This guy says outrageous things. He's an asshole." Um, and then I spent I don't know an hour and a half in a room with him at UFC Sydney, and I left 
liking the guy or not disliking him a lot less anyway <laughs> I went there thinking like this guy says uh, he's a misogynist and he backtracks a lot of things he says he um you, there's you definitely see a different side of them um, when you're spending an extended amount of time and you're seeing all the times between the clips mm. that are you're seeing online mm. um, some of them are actually quite humble um, the closed room interviews compared to when they're in the press conference that's when you kind of see the shift mm. um, because that's when they're kind of performing. Because um, a lot of um, public come to those as well, so you see a bit of a shift in the. Uh, and it is a it's a performance. It's not just sport. It is um, it's mm. entertainment. It's a great question, Kim, and, and like I'll use Israel Adesanya as as an example. And a lot of uh, people on social media, a lot of my friends that aren't MMA fans, go, I don't like that guy. He's too cocky. Uh, and he does. He is very abrasive. He's very confident. But you talk to his teammates, and I've interviewed Izzy a couple, uh, three or four times, and he's always been really accommodating interview-wise. Uh, but you talk to his teammates, and he is the best teammate, the most selfless teammate at that gym. Will give his jacket off his back. Will go the extra mile. Will chain. Will train for the extra five minutes to get you ready for your fight. They love and adore that man, and he's so much uh, a big part of their culture. Uh, but he's also he's also like Conor McGregor. Try. I think he's a much better human than Conor McGregor. I'll get that straight. <laughs> but he's also trying. To, to build a reputation and build a brand for himself. And, you know, he's arguably New Zealand's most recognisable global sport. Well, yes, he he's New Zealand's most recognisable global sports star. And he's done that through, A, his actions inside the octagon, and B, his personality uh, that we that we see, not that we don't see behind closed doors, that's the one that we see, but he's very different, I think, uh, when the cameras are off. Yeah, I just, I, I find it quite a fascinating thing because sport, I mean, sport is entertainment, right? Like it's an, it's an entertainment business and that's what sells and it's always really fascinating to me uh, for those who get a look behind those doors, so to speak, uh, about how they find it uh, beyond when such and such a, an amount of TV cameras are in their face and they know, like you say, they've got to perform for the cameras to a degree. And, and you mentioned as there is a, as a prime example of, you know, you think you know some of these guys based on what you see around floating around on social and things but but what do you really know you know what they choose to show you and so it's just really really interesting for me anyway back to the card because uh, a reasonably key fight as well in the women's strawweight division Mackenzie Dern Jessica Ondridge Patty what do you make of this this is going to be a great fight yeah. uh, Mackenzie Dern is um, on quite the run uh, they, say, they say she's a legendary fighter since her divorce they call her Divorce Dern and uh, she <laughs> ratcheted up the intensity a notch and Andrade sure. is a very very aggressive fighter and she has had quite the career herself she is on a bit of a skid um, three losses I think um, mm. but they're like they're not like I guess you describe them as um, like she wasn't fighting poorly like she went in swinging and she got caught um, and that's kind of how, you, as a fan, that's how you want the person to lose. You want it to be exciting and them to be the aggressor. So I think that one's also going to be um, quite a spectacular fight. And I think um, Dern is on the way toward title shot. Any other fights on this card that you're particularly excited about? Yes, the light heavyweight title um, is now the main card. Um, sorry, the main event. And that's going to be really exciting, especially because there's a proxy. I, what I love about the UFC is their storylines. I think that's what... Um, in New Zealand sports media, we don't do very well. Um, but so Yuri Pahaska um, took the light heavyweight title off uh, Glover Teixeira, who is Alex's really close friend and coach. So it's kind of like a proxy revenge fight that um, oh. is going to be really, really exciting. And, you know, New Zealand fans should be familiar with Alex Pajeda. He had mm. two remarkable fights inside the octagon with Israel Adesanya. He's moving up to light heavyweight. Kim, this fight just, as the fight fan of me, this is like fight porn. 
All right. This <laughs> this is just two dudes who um, are, are, seem to be tremendously good humans, and they will just go in there with with killer intentions, and it's just going to be. There's no way this fight will suck. There is absolutely no way that this fight will not live up to expectations because both these guys want to rip each other's heads off in the nicest possible way. I think uh, that audio clip of Brad saying this is fight porn needs to be clipped up and put into our intros, Jacob, just for future reference. Listeners, do not be surprised if you hear that in future. Uh, Paddy, there was something you wanted to add? Um, it was this time last year that um, Alex knocked out Israel Adesanya to become, in the same venue too. Um, so if he can go back to back in one of the greatest uh, fight venues in the world, um, he's made quite a statement. And Kim, that means. Kim went there this year, didn't you? Go to Kim, you went to Madison Square Garden this year, didn't you? I did go to MSG this year for yeah. NBA. Uh, yeah, went to watch the next play the the game actually against the Wizards when they clinched a playoff spot yeah. uh, when I was on my honeymoon. It Did was, you feel uh, the history a, when yeah. you were sitting in it's there? It's a cool like... arena. I didn't really necessarily expect to because the, the part of town that it's in, it's kind of surrounded yeah, by a lot weird. of scaffolding yeah. and stuff at the moment. And so it's not that sexy in, in terms of a location when you're on the street going to it. Uh, and then you walk in and you're just like, man... This is cool. Yeah. Like the aura and the vibe. It was very, very cool. Uh, one thing I'll say against MSG, though, 16 US dollars for a uh, light... Light beer. Beer? Mm, that is not the vibe. Patty. I came this close to going to this fight. Um, oh. I was invited by um, a co-worker who... Um, DJ Severe travels for these, and um, we were in Sydney together, and he just, he was relentless in trying to get me to come, and I just had to try and make the finances work. And you I want to save the money for the Kiwi cards, brother. <laughs> well, so it was I'm saving up for UFC 300 in April, yes. and that's well, the kind of I big one I want to go as for. Well, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll get both of you on the show uh, from UFC live from UFC 300 in April. Whereabouts is that? That'll It'll be probably in Vegas. be Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So there are multiple appealing factors. Maybe there. even at the uh, what's the big the, big stadium, the, um, the Raiders Stadium. No, no. The, I the, could be at the Sphere. The, oh, maybe. The yeah, dome it could or be the Sphere. Oh. Yeah. Dana's got something very special planned for you, which will also feature Conor McGregor, most likely. Most so, likely. Yeah. The Dome Sphere, whatever that is, looks absolutely Sick. incredible. Yeah. That would get me to Vegas. Not much else, to be perfectly honest. Um, keen to get an update as well on the City Kickboxing Boys. Dan Hooker has signed on for a big fight in December. Yep, uh, Bobby Green. Uh, it's just been made a five-round co-main. Oh. Um, and I just saw an interview. I don't think he's too impressed with that, actually. I don't know if he's getting paid more for oh. the extra two rounds. He's an interesting cat, Dan Hooker. He is, yeah. I, I was thinking today, I was like, who's the most Kiwi fighter on the card and it's Dan Hooker hey. uh, sorry um, out of New Zealand MMA fighters mm, yeah he's just a really have you interviewed him Kim uh, I have interviewed him once I think he's he's surprising yeah he's uh, he's he's a great interview yeah. uh, he's just an interesting person with a great philosophy on life and the most exciting fight style I think in the UFC lightweight lightweight division along with maybe Justin Gaethje he's just a, a fun guy to watch this fight again it's not fight porn Kim yeah. but it's pretty close <laughs> to it this is a great fight I'm looking forward to and it's another marquee fight for Dan as part of his legacy as one of the most popular fighters in MMA mm, what is it do you think Patty that makes him so popular it's his um his willingness to scrap, I think. Mm. Um, you kind of, you watch, It's this is where people, you play into the people who call MMA a blood sport because it is these exchanges where they're just throwing heat at each other and they're connecting and they're wobbling and they're, but they're throwing them back. That's when it's at its mm. most exciting, which is why the heavyweight fights are so nice to watch. Um, but then it's, there's the, it's, I think people like that, the comeback because you can mm. come back from a, a just one lucky punch needs to land and you just, 
it changes the tide of the fight. Every um, time you think Dan's career is over, he comes back and has an amazing fight next time out, gets the win, and is back in the in the bright lights of the fans and the UFC's good books. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And I think it's certainly from a Kiwi perspective, I mean, Kiwis love that story. Like, it's almost like the underdog, but it's it's the person who will just keep on That's Dan. fighting against the odds. Everyone loves it. And like you say, one thing that UFC does very well is its storylines, and that is a storyline that a lot of people can buy into uh, and also get behind. Israel Adesanya. Now, he's hinted that he may take up to four years off. Uh, do we believe that? Have you seen the clip of him saying it? I have not. He was talking to Oscar Willis from MacLife, their friends, uh-huh. and they were both laughing when he said it. Okay. Because um, he, he, he identified 2027, right? Yes, because I think yeah. Oscar said 2025, yeah. and then uh, Izzy was like, ha ha, 2027. Um, uh, he loves fighting too much. Um, I think he'll be back. How old is he? He's 33, 34. Mm. You know what will be interesting to me is if Alex Pajeda wins this fight, there is the potential that Izzy may stick his hand up for the third fight with Alex Pajeda and fight for the light heavyweight title because he's not restricted now to being a middleweight. So um, I think the next six months will be really interesting because the UFC are going to want to put a very big fight card on in Las Vegas for UFC 300. Israel Asanya is the second biggest star Mm. in the UFC, so I would imagine Dana will pay him a lot of money to fight on that card. I would like to put a hypothetical to you, though. Say even though we, we don't believe it. But say Adesanya is, is dead set serious and he doesn't fight for the next four years. What what does he do? Whatever he wants. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a YouTube channel. Look, that's uh, an entirely fair response. He's, he's got a movie that's coming out. Fantastic like, um, It's a fantastic, fantastic film. I watched it recently. Uh, he's And yeah, his YouTube numbers are growing. Uh, he doesn't need to fight anymore. The dude's loaded. And he's he's got a great legacy but he won't want to go out on arguably the stinkiest performance of his career. Um, he's going to want to finish on a high, and he'll, he'll be back. Uh, but, you know, I spoke to Mike Ango, one of his coaches recently, and Mike said with Izzy's going to take this very, very seriously. He wants to get everything back, get his mindset in the right place. And he says, don't expect him to be back anytime soon. That was from one of his coaches. So, yeah. Uh, Paddy, and I will ask you, because it's, well, we are getting to that time of year where we start to look at... Uh, the year that has been and get a little bit reflective. November, too early? Eh, too bad. Uh, what for you, even though we're previewing a fight weekend at the moment, but what for you has been the highlight of the UFC year so far? Um, it would probably be, I actually thought about this coming in, it is be UFC 290, International Fight Week. Um, Alex uh, Volkanovski headlined against Yair Rodriguez. Mm. That card, from even from the prelims all the way through, it was banger after banger. Dan Hooker's last fight was um, on that one, where he had his famous quote, just a scratch, yeah. where he broke three <laughs> bones. Um, it was fantastic. Um, that would probably, you'd want the, and if that ends the year as the best fight of the week, I was on International Fight Week, what else could you want? Happy days. You're a beautiful man, Patty. Oh, thank you, Brad. Thank you. I actually got my start in MMA um, journalism because of Brad. You're welcome. So I really appreciate that. All right, well, we'll continue this love fest during <laughs> the air break. Patty Baines with us there from Squared Up MMA. Thank you so much for your thank time. You so Thanks much for, for joining me. us in studio. We'll